Hey guys, welcome back to the Six Side Culture Podcast. Today it'll be myself, and I'll be joined by Francesco and Danny. What's up, boys? What's up, Enzo? Hey guys. What's up? All right, yo. Well, Serie is done. The season has been completed, and um, yeah, it's been a good season. I think uh, it's been very entertaining, full of goals. I think it's the third most uh, goals scored in Serie history. I think first place the uh, 1949-1950 season. So. Oh uh, yeah, there's a random fact for you. Um, but yeah, get, getting into it. Um, yeah, I guess we, we won't really talk about the matches from match day 38. They really didn't really matter. Shout out to uh, Genoa for staying up. Uh, congrats mm-hmm. to them. And um, yeah, I think it was a good season. Uh, much more entertaining. I think the biggest uh, downfall this year has been the handball rule. I think it has ruined a lot of matches. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, yeah, I think everybody can agree on that. I think um, that's something that for next season needs to be changed because it is very infuriating. And it doesn't really make sense, too, because um, we've seen multiple occasions where a uh, handball is hit in the same place in the arms in one match, and it's called a penalty. And in another match, then, it's not called in the same place. Yeah. So they need to figure that out. I think there's an instance where um, the ball hit the Litz arm, and they called no penalty, and then they hit Calion in the Napoli game in the same place on his arm, and they uh, called it a penalty against Napoli, so there's been a few instances like that in this season, and yeah, the handball rule needs to be fixed. Um, yeah, I guess let's get into like some team. I kind of want to start off with Padma, because when Chad did say they finished ninth, uh, they came 11th, I think? 12. Yeah, 12. 12? No, 11. 11. 11, 11. They came 11, yeah. but they were they were tied on points with, with, uh, uh, with goal difference. Yeah, they yeah. were just only 11 by goal difference. So, can we say Frank was right during that yeah, prediction? Yeah. No, for sure. Um, <laughs> they definitely did better. Uh, they had eight more points this season in comparison to the 2018-2019 season. So, they did do better. They got eight more points. Yeah. I think a, a disappointing team, in my opinion, was Fiorentina. I feel like. Um, they had a team to make the Europa League, in my opinion. I feel like they should have made the Europa yeah. League. Finishing 10th place, a disappointment. That's where I predicted them. I predicted them 5th place, Europa League spot, but I don't know what happened with them. We should, yeah. I would love to listen to that podcast again, just to see where we had every team. And then compare it to, like, the actual standings. Yeah. Well, I think we'll get around to that eventually, to be honest. Yeah. The next podcast. Um, another disappointing team. Well, Dan, you might disagree. I feel like Napoli. Oh no, no, I, I, sure. I agree with you. Uh, they, besides the Coppa Italia, which brought some like light, and the way we've been playing late, uh, just the way we started off the season, it was, and even just a few matches, uh, with Gattuso and here and there, uh, were disappointing. So I would agree with that. We were disappointed. I was disappointed with the season. Uh, besides the Coppa Italia, so hopefully. Uh, we make up for it in Champions League. But this is a team that there's no excuse that we should have been contending for the Scudetto this year. Uh, on my, in my opinion, I think we're a better team than Atalanta and we're a better team than Lazio. And it shows uh, we've had them two out of three times. And the finish in seventh, not even make top six, is just really disappointing. Uh, yeah, it's just some players, like they weren't playing well. Uh, luckily, when Gattuso came in, the team started to pick up pace. Um, and they were, at one point, they were like, I think, 11th or 12th. And it was just like, okay, are we going to actually battle for relegation this year, or are we going to try to make Europe? And luckily, we finished in, like, 
top 10 or uh, 7th place, got the Europa League spot because of the Coppa Italia. So right there, there's a little benefit in, that se- in the season. But hopefully in Champions League, uh, which is a different, uh, it's a different competition for us. And it seems like we played better in the Champions League than we actually did in the league. So hopefully we can, uh, what's, the, what's the word I'm looking for? C- uh, continue our momentum in Champions League and advance uh, against Barcelona in the, on Friday or Saturday. Yeah, and um, looking up at the table, um, I feel like um, Inter fans are disappointed. Obviously, they wanted to win Scudetto, but I think there's nothing to be disappointed about. They came second place, one point behind Juve. The one point kind of questionable. I feel like maybe five points, to be honest, because Juve stopped playing once they won the Scudetto. But yeah, yeah. Either way, it was like a pretty close title race in comparison to past years. And um, I think Inter fans should be happy, you know what, because they passed Atalanta, which they had a really good year at Atalanta. Mm-hmm. And it's their first year, new coach, a lot of new players trying to build something. And you look at Juve, um, they had a very similar starting lineup for many years. Obviously, BBC, you all remember them. Amazing uh, backline Juventus had. And they kept a lot of the same players for many years and just kept adding players and adding players, but not too many at a time. Like Juventus would never go out and add four or five new players into the starting lineup. They'd always have the same lineup and add maybe one, two, maybe three. Every season, yeah. Yeah, every mm-hmm. season. And they keep building upon that, right? And I feel like that's what Inter needs to do. For the first year, um, I think they did well. I feel like they could have, not easily, but they could have won the, the Scudetto. Juventus had three more losses in them. Inter just dropped the ball far too many times. They drew a lot of stupid games that they should have never drew. And um, I think that's what it came down to. I feel like this is probably the weakest Juventus side we've seen in a while. And yeah. that's saying something because they still won the Scudetto. And uh, 83 points isn't really a huge margin to win. Like, usually if you get 83, you don't really win the league. Usually around 90 or high 80s. So, Inter dropped the ball. I feel like if there was one season that uh, they could dethrone the Juve, it would have been this year. We'll see what Juventus does in the transfer market. Maybe they'll get stronger or maybe they'll fail to make the proper signings. We'll see what happens with that. But, um, if I'm an Inter fan, I'll be happy. It's obviously frustrating because you lost by a point, but um, it wasn't really a point, in my opinion, probably around five points. So uh, Atalanta, they surprised me, to be honest. I didn't really expect them to do what they did last season. I thought yeah, they, me they neither. Did, I thought to get a Europa League place or something. I really, cause It's so hard to repeat what they did because the way they play takes up so much energy and they don't really have depth, but yeah, they surprised me. Lazio, I think I put them seventh place. Somehow they got fourth. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I guess Almost whatever. second What happened? Uh, Lazio almost got second place They yeah, just they almost got uh, second, yeah. almost choked in at the end Yeah, yeah. well yeah Choked in at the end and, uh, You're welcome, Lazio fans the rankings. Yeah, no surprise there um, Yeah, first time in the Champions League in 13 years I guess we'll see them in the Europa League After the group stage next year And uh, <laughs> Yeah, I guess they'll get knocked out of the Europa League too Like this year, so Um yeah, Milan. Milan. I think Milan's similar to us, to Roma. I'm a Roma fan, for those of you who don't know by now. I feel like um, Milan and Roma are similar. They Actually, to be honest, I didn't expect Milan to do well. I feel like Milan fans did. Milan they started doing well towards the end of the season. It was kind of too late. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I feel like sixth place is disappointing, but at the same time, it could have been much worse uh, the way they were playing up to Christmas. So, they did turn it around, so it's good. Uh, I think now they have something to build upon for next season, so if they can keep it up. 
And I do think that the season starting September 18 helps them. I feel like it started in October. They lose their momentum. And I feel like uh, September 18 is not too far away. It's only like, a, I think, 42 days 40, from now? Yeah, something like that. I think it's a perfect amount of time. It's about like a little over a month away. So I feel like yeah, it's good for them. They're not going to lose uh, their momentum they had too much. Yeah. I think that will help them going into the next season. Uh, with us, with Roma, I expect that we get a Champions League spot. Um, we didn't, we came fifth place. I'm not too mad about that, to be honest, because, um, we had so many injuries. Gilbert, I was out for two months. We had Venetua got hurt at certain points. Megatarian was hurt almost the whole first half of the year. We had so many injuries and so many stupid calls, like the Smalling called the handball, hit his head, and they called it a penalty. Yeah. I, there's so many stupid things that went on. And Fonseca's first season, we all yeah. good players with a relatively young team. So I'm, to be honest, I'm really happy. I think it showed a lot of uh, mental strength to go undefeated in the remaining eight games to get a straight Europa League spot. So I'm really proud of the team. And it's just similar to Milan, I feel like we have something to build upon. And no matter what happens in the Europa League game, uh, I'm still confident going into next year and I'm excited to see what the team could do. And, yeah, nothing else really to say. Lecce, Brescia, Spal got relegated. To be honest, it's not really a surprise. I think we all had Lecce getting relegated. Yeah, I think the only team that we didn't have, like, in the relegation zone was um, Lecce. I'm oh, sorry, Brescia. Brescia. I think I put Brescia there, to be honest. I, I think I had them. I'm pretty sure I had them, like, top 13. I don't like, think I, I Yeah. I might have put Spal there, too. I, might have, I don't know if I got those right, to be honest. The, the surprise of the season was definitely Hellas Verona. I, I remember I had them 19th place, and then yeah, 9th. So. Sure, yeah. I think Verona, I had, yeah, like maybe even 17th, 18th. Yeah. I would you guys talk a little bit more about all the other standings like I did if you want to go through them. Yeah, just, I don't know, for me, Franny, I think you can agree on this too, and I think Anto can agree. I think, for me, the biggest surprise of the season was um, how Kennedy, uh Bologna both dropped off um, after starting the season well. Uh, I'm pretty like for us, for me I I had them like as the season was going on maybe finishing top ten. Uh, but I didn't expect them to drop all the way to twelve and then at Cali at fourteen, especially the way they've been playing and the way they bet Napoli. And from there on, uh, they were just losing momentum. Uh, the players weren't playing well. Uh, the only few players were playing good. Uh, Nagolan had a good season, in my opinion. Uh, Simeone was playing good. Pellegrini uh, was playing good. And uh, Joe Pedro was playing, was really well, really uh, playing really good. Yeah. So I was kind of surprised that they fell off. But again, at the end of the day, there's 11 guys playing on the field, not four players. Uh, so everyone has to do their part if the team wants to be good. And I think we can all agree that Torino, too, was kind of a surprise. Yeah. Uh, I, was just I had them. Yeah, I had them. I think finishing top, like maybe in the Europa League spot, um, maybe even lower, just to see them almost get relegated. They were only six points up of, uh, or five points up of relegation. Uh, it's just crazy to see how a year can change a team. Uh, look at an example on Napoli too. Um, so for me, I think Torino could probably stay there for the next few seasons, maybe lower the league, uh, table. Uh, especially if Bolotti leaves, and they have to get a new coach. I do not like that coach at all. I said every podcast we talk about Torino, I do not like uh, Lungo, Longo, whatever his name is, at all. I just don't think he's a good coach for any side uh, in top flight of football. Uh, maybe a Serie C or a Serie D side could use him. 
Um, mm. I think if Torino wanted to get back to Europa League, maybe contend for Champions League, they need a good coach and they need to just build the player. Like they need to get younger and better players than what they have. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, in my opinion, Torino is the biggest disappointment of the whole year, to be honest. Um, with the players they had, they should never, ever, 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 ever be five points off relegation. That's just... I agree. That's terrible. How do you... I don't know how that happens. They had the, one of the best keepers in the league. I actually... Sirigo might have actually had the most clean sheets last year. I could be wrong. Yeah. But he did. I think he did. If, if not, he was definitely up there. But, um, yeah, one of the best keepers in the league. In my opinion, one of the best strikers. He's just not... Yeah. You don't put the right players around him. They have a decent midfield. I like their the def- center backs. The center their backs defense was good. good. They had okay. they had just like a well-rounded team, and to finish five points uh, from relegation, that's not that good. I guess yeah. it's not good. And even teams like Sampdoria and Cagliari have like I think they have like Cagliari too. I was just surprised because they started off the season well, and. I guess it's just like fatigue kicked in, Nagolan got injured, and right there they just lost a lot of like creativity in the mid. But like going back to Torino, even just like say Bolotti too, he had a he had a good season for them. Like especially because they weren't the best team, he still had like a well like a pretty good season. He had 16 goals this season, and yeah, that's they had what 46 goals. That's I think one. If I'm doing my math right, maybe say like. I, it's, I can't do the math right now, but he had a good portion of their goals, and especially because they have guys like Zaza who prove he can be a decent striker in Serie A uh, when he came back to Torino. Simone Verdi, who's not a bad player, he's a, he's an okay player uh, for smaller teams now, for like the bigger teams. They got Izzo, who was one of the best center backs last year. Uh, Nikulu uh, on the center back, uh, he's a good center back to have. They just have like a young and like a well balanced team, but again, finishing five points up from relegation and it's not good. It doesn't look good on Torino and I can see a lot of players, especially guys like maybe like Izzo, Balotti, uh Seragu uh leaving this uh summer transfer. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. And um interesting stat, Torino actually lost fifty three percent of the games. So Holy shit. Yeah. that's uh yeah, a lot more losing than winning. So that's um that's terrible. I feel like um players like a better and good and uh but they've been good. I really like them to be honest. Uh they were good this year. And I'm looking at their minutes right now played and there's a big difference. Belotti played three thousand and nine minutes. Holy cow. And no other player except Cedia Gu was in the three thousands. So you can see that um they were unable to find consistency in like a starting lineup that they like because they have a lot of players with a lot of minutes in different positions. So they were really unable to find a starting lineup that worked for them. Yeah. It seemed like they had a new starting lineup every game. So to have <laughs> only uh, your keeper and striker uh, in the 3000s is pretty uh, shocking, to be honest. So Yeah. Uh, they need a new manager, like Danny said. And, um, yeah, for Chad, what do you think about the season? Any teams you want to talk about? Or I just I just want to say one thing over here quickly. I think Sandro Sonali is finally going back home where he belongs, in the city of B. Where people could uh, hype him up again. Um, if uh, I saw reports that Inter looking to loan and an option to buy, if any big team like Juventus, Inter, uh, even a Milan and Fiorentina decide to buy Tonali for for over twenty five million after the season he just had in the Serie A, 
they, they, they should get FFP relegations. Ridiculous. Uh, uh, an abysmal season from Tonali. I don't care if it's his first season in Serie A. He, he was a focal point for Brescia and he let the team down. Um, in the season, I think I had them 14th or 13th place around there. I just believe the storyline of Balotelli would come back. Come back. I, I wouldn't think he'd be a superstar again, but I think he'd put up decent numbers for Brescia to pull them off into the, the top 15. So, I don't think he played half but, the uh, games for them. Yeah, he, he decided uh, he's bigger than the club, he's bigger than the country. Decided he wanted to sit on his couch and get the paycheck. That's exactly what he did. Uh, Tonali, the, the guy uh, after that free kick that he didn't even mean to score, he did nothing for Brescia every game. I forgot the guy was playing. I, di- I didn't even realize he was on Besha, and um, he's going to go back home. I, I, I highly doubt any team's going to buy him. If any team does buy him, it'll be a loan-to-buy loan uh, option because I, I think it's just too risky to buy a player that was so poor in, in the city. Uh, um, in terms in terms of uh, uh, teams, like, like Danny and Enzo said, Torino was the biggest upset. I, I, I just don't think... Uh, I wanted them to get relegated. To obviously, I didn't predict them to get relegated. No, no one would. But I wanted them to get relegated. So uh, players like Belotti would have been out the door in two seconds if they got relegated. And maybe he would have uh, went to a team like Roma, where he uh, would have been beneficial for both Roma and and his career uh, if he wants that starting spot in the Euros. Because uh, unfortunately, numbers tell the whole story when when it comes to the selection. And on paper, Immobile is a better striker than Belotti. But I feel like. Velotti is a much better striker, but the numbers don't lie. Immobile, uh, top top goal scorer, European Golden Shoe, and uh, as much as uh, the shit goals he scored with all the penalties and stuff, I gotta give credit where credit's due. And uh, to see that an Italian City A player uh, won the European Golden Shoe is a big accomplishment and a, a huge step for City A and Italian soccer in general. Just to uh, put our names on the map, uh, it's, it's it's good to see, and. Um, that's all I have to say about the about the season. It was a, a rocky start, uh, rocky season for Juventus. A learning experience. Uh, we lost in the Coppa Italia. Uh, we won the City out barely. Uh, could have lost it easily if we if we really uh, choked it that bad. Uh, we well for the teams now we focus on Champions League with Atalanta, Napoli, and Juve, Europa League with Roma and Inter, and let's hope uh, City A could uh, put their uh, put their mark in European football and win both competitions with whatever team. Obviously, I'm hoping Juve win Champions League, but uh, with whatever team wins Champions League, if it's a Serie A team, I'd be happy. And uh, let's just hope uh, next season, which is September 18th or 19th, I'm pretty sure. The 19th. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a good season. Let's hope uh, Juve uh, pull up their pants. Let's hope these teams pull up their pants. It'll be competitive. If, if every team plays the way they played uh, post-COVID after... During those those stretch uh, with Napoli playing really well, Milan, Roma, Juve, Inter, I think it'll be in a really really close race. Maybe four or five teams go that the race. So let's just hope for an interesting uh, season, and let's let's all hope that there's no uh, major upsets next season in terms of uh, four teams. Yeah, um, to put all the uh... The hatred aside uh, between myself and Lazio, I'd like to congratulate Immobile on uh, winning top penalties goal scorer in the Serie A. Um, <laughs> he did well, scored his penalties that he didn't win, and <laughs> dived on a couple of Sacedo. Maybe he got five dives, uh, Sacedo, the Dolphin. 
Like Mobile as well, <laughs> jumping over everyone's foot and not even checking vibes. So yeah, congrats to State Mobile on winning top penalty goal scorer. And um, yeah, I'm happy to say yeah, I scored a lot of goals to kind of break the stigma that we're a boring league and we can't score goals and all this stuff. And um, yeah, going back to Sandro Tonali, um, I didn't watch him in Serie B. Obviously, I don't really have access to Serie B games here. Next season, we will, though, on the zone. So yeah. Thank God for that. But um, I never watched him in Serie B. I just, um, I wasn't a fan of people rating someone they never watched for someone in Serie B against plumbers. So, um, yeah, something disappointing is when he first came to the Serie I wanted to go watch his highlights. I really, I'm not really a big fan of highlights, but um, I just want to get an idea of how he plays. And one thing I noticed is he has a very good long shot in uh, Serie B. He's got a lot of goals from long range. I don't think and he's instead, taken many this season. Yeah, and this season he only attempted five shots. I mean, it's not five, sorry, 15 the whole season. So, yeah. Um, he shied away clearly because um, although he is a, a deep, um, consider him a deep playmaker. Yeah. But, um, yeah, although he is a deep playmaker, um, 15 shots in 38 games is not something that can happen. Honestly, you need <laughs> at least two shots a game, and especially for someone like him. Most of his goals are from long range, and to take 15 shots is a. Uh, it, it did show that he was nervous for his first year and he backed down from uh, the competition, to be honest. But um, I guess we'll give him more time. He's not ready for a big team, clearly. He hasn't shown anything that he's ready for a big team. If he goes to Inter, he'll be benched. If he goes to yeah, Juve, yeah, he might start at Juve, but I don't think he'll end up starting in the whole season. I think he'll get benched at a certain point in the season. Um, Roma, we don't have money, plus I don't think we'll buy him. We're looking at Castrovilli right now, which I'm happy about. And, Solid um, playing. Yeah, I feel like the best thing for Tonali would probably be Napoli or uh, Milan. Uh, it'll be hard on Napoli, too, because they have a yeah, good midfield. We have a good, like, we have a, like a yeah, well depth midfield. Uh, especially if we lose Allen, I could see someone like maybe a Tonali coming in. But uh, it's going to be hard for him to get, get uh, playing time because we got guys like Fabian Ruiz, uh, Zelensky, Laboka, who's been playing really well since um, the break. Uh, Denme, who's a good midfielder. Almas, too, who's a, who's a young midfielder. When he plays, he uh, generates sparks. And even, I can see maybe someone like uh, Gaetano probably sliding into that midfield if uh, we don't buy a replacement for Alan. But I would like Tonali now because I feel like he can, he'll learn best uh, under Gattuso because Gattuso has played that role. Uh, he's played midfield and He's someone that got uh, Tonelli actually looked up to uh, as a when Tonelli was watching soccer apparently. So that's one thing um, that Tonelli has going. He can learn under his mentor. But just speaking about like Blasio as a side, uh, they have some good players who show that they can play in Syria maybe for lower teams. Uh, uh, Alfredo Donnarumma, who didn't have the best season after having a wonderful season for. Uh, uh, Brescia and Serie B could be a good backup striker to have for a team. Uh, even uh, guys like, uh, say, uh, Terragosa, who's a hustler, who played really good. Uh, Mendo, I think you were one game we watched together. Uh, you said this guy was impressing you uh, yeah, like with his pressing. And I know this is going to sound funny, but I even like the guy, uh, Chistana, the center back, who's actually a good center back, who's, a, I, in my opinion, I think... He could be on the team, say like a Torino or something, that can help them. He's young, and he had a really good season for uh, Brescia before he got injured. But going back to Tonelli, I think the best team for him. I think it's Milan. I think Milan. Even Milan, too, because 
Kessie's a good midfield. Like, maybe if they lose Bonford, well, they're going to lose Bonford to Will. Yeah. So if Bonford to doesn't even go to like a team like Atalanta or something, I could see uh, Tonelli even at Atalanta. Uh, maybe even at Fiorentina. Surprise team that could be in the hunt for him as well. Maybe even like a Lazio or something. So, yeah, I dare him to go there. So. But I really doubt it. Uh, he'll go to Lazio. I think they like the midfield, and I don't think uh, they'll change much this off uh, this summer transfer. Maybe they'll get like backups or something. Uh, so maybe I would like to see Tonali at Napoli because I think that could be the best team for him. But I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to uh, Inter or AC Milan. Yeah, definitely. I feel like um, Inter is probably the favorite for him to go to, but I don't think he'll play there. I think it's too much I think he'll fit more at Napoli because of the way we play, and and just in my opinion, uh, I you have to give him more time, uh, because this season he was on the worst team, uh, probably in the league behind the uh, Spal, and he's had. I think they had like maybe three or four coaches, so it's kind of hard for a player to uh, adjust to the league when you have like three or four coaches. Uh, your team's not playing well, and the main guy you signed uh, to help you stay in the Syria uh, leaves like after what, like maybe halfway through the season. So I'm gonna give him one more season. If he doesn't impress me uh, the next season, especially if he goes to like a side that he's playing every game, he's got a good coach. Then uh, I think I'm just gonna start giving up on him. Yeah, I think um, we rounded up the year and the, the season pretty well. Um, yeah, one thing, I uh, just want to shout out to the Serie A. Uh, good job on uh, getting the season to continue without any issues. I really did think there'd be another player test positive eventually, and that never happened. So, uh, congrats to them. They did well. And they followed all the protocols. Shout out to the players. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, guys, it's so hard to play. In the, like, I've been in Italy many times, and it's so hot in the summer, especially in Rome. Like, that's where I've been most. It's so hot, and I can't even imagine playing there at the time. They're playing early in the morning. I just I don't know how they did it. Sometimes late at night. Yeah. yeah it's just so difficult. So to play in Italy every three days in that heat in the summer, there's a reason they don't play in the summer, because it's too hot. So, um, yeah, shout out to the players. They pushed through it. There weren't too many injuries in the season, which surprised me. And I think the five subs uh, was really good. So, yeah, shout out to them. Um yeah, this podcast, we're getting to the Europa League, and then I think we'll make a, a separate one, or maybe two separate ones. We'll see. We'll talk about it afterwards um, amongst ourselves. But, uh, yeah, we'll make one for Europa League now, talk about Europa League, and then uh, later on in the week, maybe tomorrow or uh, Thursday, or maybe even Friday, we'll upload, um, no, probably Thursday, because Friday's the game. Uh, we'll upload the Champions League podcast, thinking about Inter, I mean, not sorry, not Inter, Napoli and uh, Juve. So, yeah, getting yeah. into the Europa League a little bit. We got Inter and Getafe. Um, Conte came out this morning and he said he'll do whatever it takes to win the Europa League. So, I feel like um, a second-place finish in the Serie A and the Europa League win would be massive, massive, massive for Inter. If they do that, I think we get a Champions League spot too. So, I wouldn't mind that, to be honest. So, um, yeah, that'd be good. But, uh, yeah... I think Inter, they're one of the favorites. I'm looking at the odds. Uh, United and Inter are the top two right now to win the whole thing. Yeah, makes sense. Um, Roma's odds have gone up a lot. I think we're four for fifth now, favorites to win it, just because of recent form. Um, 
I need to look back at the bracket and who's on their side. But I remember Inter having a little bit of a tougher one than us. I think our only really tough test, uh, Wolverhampton's a tough team. But I think our like tough, tough test is probably United. That's probably about it. Um, Sevilla's a good team as well. It's going to be tough about Vita 2. I'd probably be way more confident if uh, Vita 2 was uh, available to play. But he did pick up uh, pick up too many yellows. But yeah, back to Inter. Um, they they had a big win against Atalanta. That's good for the confidence. Atalanta played their starters, so to uh, beat them two nothing is always good yeah. for the confidence. I think uh, I think Inter could win. Like I think Inter could win against uh, Getafe. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough team. They're actually not uh, as bad as people uh, think. Uh, they had a decent start to the season. They were in fourth place, I think, at one point in La Liga, but then dropped to sixth or seventh. So I think uh, Inter will win against Getafe, but it'll be barely. I think it'll just be a lot, like not by a lot. Yeah, I think um, I don't know. It's really hard for me to to predict these European matches against clubs I don't really watch, like uh, Getafe. I I've never watched them before, so I probably have, but just, I can't remember. Like, the way like you can kind of like maybe like a Sassuolo and like a Verona, like like type of team like that. Yeah, I, like you I get think to compare them to like a Serie A team. They're definitely a strong team if they made it this far, but um, I don't know. I just think it's very hard to predict this game. Um, obviously, we're hoping for Inter to win. And um, yeah, actually, Young's been good since he came in. I think he'll help them a lot. Yeah. A lot of experience in Europe. Victor Moses is pretty useless, to be honest. I don't know why they even signed him. <laughs> um, I think Inter's defense will be a big X factor for them. I feel like the the Verai has been good this year. Um, I think Lactado really needs to step up in this Europa League. I think um, this is a chance to get to. Uh, I feel like if he's the biggest protagonist for uh, Inter winning the Europa League, I feel like his value will skyrocket. And once that happens, I say Inter needs to cash out ASAP. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think uh, there's gonna be a lot of pressure on um, Lactado and Lukaku as well because uh, Lukaku has experience in the Champions League. I'm pretty sure he won it, if I'm not mistaken, with United. Uh, was he on? Uh, I think so. I kind of make a target. Yeah, United, so. Yeah, okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Lukaku was on this team. Yeah, so for Even sure. Even though yeah. that was a team with Ebro, so it was him and Ebro pop. Yeah, I so. I think that game. I think, um, yeah, definitely there's a lot of pressure on uh, those two. In the midfield, I think uh, Ericsson needs to step up big time. If they play yeah. him. Yeah, if they play him. But if he does play, um, he needs to step up. I think Barella has been decent as well. I think he's been good. I really like yeah, Barella. Me too. I like Barella. I like that midfield with Barella and Sensi. Yeah. I think uh, Kandreva shouldn't even touch the field, to be honest. No. Nope. But um, he probably even, will. Or even someone too, like can, you have to look out for because he could have like, a good game against uh, Getafe. He's even a guy like Grosovic, who's, in my opinion, I think he's a really good player for them. Maybe, maybe this season he's been Inter's best midfield, if we can. Yeah. See that? I think he's been the best midfielder for Inter this season. Um, so I think he can have like a big impact on the on the tie as well. And I think just they have to play better as a team. Uh, they can't make mistakes because it's again like one mistake. I think the first game's in Inter, right? Or is the because they need a... one, no? I, I'm pretty sure it's only one leg. Yeah, it's one leg, and it's oh, it's in, one uh, leg. Yeah, it's in okay. Germany. Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, they're sure. holding it. I, I didn't know where Europa League was being held out, but I know it's one leg and it's oh, yeah. neutral. So it's not okay. So it's not like uh, Champions League. Okay, no, but yeah, Champions League's one leg too. 
Yeah, I wouldn't, um, to be honest, I wouldn't expect Brozovic to start after, uh, I don't really, I really want to get into it, but, uh, what happened mm-hmm. with, the, with the hospital incident, uh, oh, yeah. seven now into, so I wouldn't really expect him to play, but, uh, yeah, I really want to get into that, but yeah, he's been good for them this season, and, um, yeah, I think Inter, um, they should win this game, they're favorites, and, mm-hmm. uh, it'd be disappointing for them to get knocked out now, so. Yeah, and you can't say, all, like, a, a lot of people are probably going to write off Getafe, but they're actually, like, they play really strong as a side, and they're one side that you have to, like, you can't make a mistake against them because they'll make you pay for that. And for me, I think Lukaku has to have the biggest impact. Him and Martinez up top, they have to finish all their chances because it, if it's a game like they can't finish their chances, uh, Getafe will make them pay, and it's not going to look good for Inter, especially, uh, I guess, that, with that three-man back line, if they're all, like, out of sorts and stuff. So... I think it could get through, but they have to play a really complete team game if they want to win. Yeah, if I can picture the match, it's probably going to be a lot of sitting back from Gattafi and probably in third. They have to finish their chances. If they don't, they'll probably get punished on the counter. So exactly. That's why I yeah. see. The kind of like the way they play, like they they're like a mix between like the pressure of Verona and like the attack of like Swassolo. They're just like the, like if those were like the size you have to compare them to. Just underrated size that like you can't take easy because they can yeah. uh, make you pay. Yeah, definitely. And um, for a side to make this far in, in the Europa League, uh, they're going to be good. So, well, we'll yeah, they happen. have to. You would expect them to be good. And uh, yeah, I, I still think Inter should be winning this game. There should be no excuses for them. If they finish uh, the chance, they should win the game. Yeah. Now moving on, uh, Roma, we play Sevilla. Um, yeah, I have a couple thoughts on this game. Uh, Veratut's uh, suspended, so we know he's unavailable. Big loss, a massive one. I think there's two um, keys to the game. It's either we start Zaniolo and he comes off around the 60th minute, or we put him on around the 60th and he comes off and he plays at the end. So I think that's where we got to manage him. He's not ready for 90 minutes, obviously. So um, it depends. Where I prefer him coming on later on in the game, to be honest. I think um, once he is tired and the players are kind of like on heavy legs, I think that's where he puts Zaniolo in. Um, so yeah, I would start. I'd start with Mon around the 60th minute around there. I think that's where um, right now we can best use him. Um, another key is uh, the CDM role. Uh, beside Yawara, it's either Cristante or uh, Diar or maybe Pellegrini. Um, yeah, Pellegrini I would not put there. He's that's not his role. He's already struggling at a, as a trequartista. So as a CDM, I really would not want to see him there. So, and every time he's there, we all know what happens. He's useless over there. So. Um, Cristante, we, everyone knows what he offers. Very basic player, a lot of errors, a lot of mistakes, a lot of knucklehead passes, out of bounds. Um, I would not put Cristante in that game as well. I'd put Viad. I feel like um, Viad, he's shown flashes of brilliance this year. His finishing ability, I don't want to get into that one, but um, <laughs> as a player, he brings a lot of energy. He runs around a lot, and he wins a lot of balls, and he's a good passer. So I'd start Viad in that game beside... Um, Beside Adiawara, uh, Cam, obviously, go with Mkhitaryan. He's been fantastic. Yeah. And you know what, Jekyll, I don't know what it is, but it seems like when it comes to a European game, Jekyll is, turns into a different player. And in Champions League and Europa League, it's like you can't even recognize him compared to Serie A. I think Jekyll's going to have a master class. I think he always shows up. I can't remember the last uh, European match where he didn't play well. So I feel like... Um, if we are going to win the trophy, I think it'll be on Eddie Jekyll's back. I think he'll put the team on his back and really help them out. 
Uh, defensively, obviously, Somali, he's gone, not on the list. He's not an option. So um, I think if you told me maybe two months ago that Somali would not be available, I'd be much more worried because um, our defense was looking terrible even with him. And it wasn't his fault, but just even with him, we were playing bad. Imagine without him. Now I'm not as worried. I feel like Kolarov is a center back. Um, that's where Pep Guardiola really found his role. Before um, he left City, he was a center back, and he was playing well there. Uh, really well, actually. So um, he, the reason he left City was actually because um, he didn't like playing that position. But I feel like now that he's older, he has to come to the realization that he can't be chasing these young players on the wing all the time. Yeah. For, and yeah. center back has been doing well. Um, he's got to clean up his man marking, which uh, I don't want to get into that one either. God, can't mark a man to save his life. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like I call it off at center back beside Mancini and uh, Ibanez is the way to go. I think that's the key to the game. And, um, yeah, nothing else to really talk about here. Obviously, we're going to see Spinazzola and Bruno Perez on the uh, left and right flank. They've been great. And, yeah, I'm confident going to the match. I feel like Vettel, too, we're going to have to navigate this one without him. It's going to be tough. But yeah, that's going to be a big loss because he's been really good for you guys this season. Yeah. And I feel like Sevilla's probably one of the, the harder teams left in here. They've won the Europa League who knows how many times in the last 10 years. Maybe. Uh, yeah, four I think times. it was... Three or four, four times. times out of the last, like, six, seven years or something. Yeah. yeah. They, they went on that good uh, back-to-back streak before the rule was implemented. If you win the Europa League, you're playing Champions League next season. They just yeah, uh, but... had a really dominant team for those couple of years. Yeah, so that's why, like, I think um, it's a big statement if we can beat a team like Sevilla. They finished fourth place in the in the La Liga as well. Uh, they're actually tied with Atletico for third, so... Uh, Sevilla had a good year this year as well, and um, I feel like beating them not only gives us confidence, but um, I think it's a statement to other teams as well. Yeah, yeah. Sevilla's a good side. They got some good players. Um, Ocampos, who uh, who's been playing really good for them, uh, that I know. Uh, they got a good back, uh, center back in Carlos, who's been uh, I think one of their bright spots. They just have a well balanced team that you have to you can't take lightly. Again, like they're like a team you can't sleep on them. Um, they can, they will probably pressure you guys um, into like making a few mistakes here and there. But as long as Roma plays, if they can play the way they've been playing uh, the last uh, few weeks, uh, they've been one of the best sides in Syria. Um, maybe even since the Coppa Italia, uh, or like after the Coppa Italia, uh, they've been like, well, since the break came back, they've been one of the best sides in Italy so far. Even yeah. the way they played against Napoli in a losing effort, that was probably one of the best. Uh, What's again games I've seen Roma play uh, as a team as of late, and I think they could get the job done. Uh, maybe with a two-one victory, or Jekyll, I'm gonna call it Jekyll Brace, and it's just gonna be uh it's gonna be a good game. Uh, that's one of the games I'm actually excited to watch uh, for this Europa League, and hopefully uh, as a Serie A fan uh, into the Europa League, hopefully both Serie A teams uh, can move on against uh, the La Liga sides. Yeah, and you uh, you mentioned you mentioned the pressure. I really hope they do because um, with our system of one second, what he likes to do is he plays the goal kick short. He invites the pressure, lets them press us really deep, and um, he likes when we play the ball up from the back. The press us and a big long ball up top. So I'm hoping. Yeah. I feel like um, to be honest, I know it's probably an unpopular uh, opinion, but I feel like uh, between Wolverhampton and Olympiacos, we'll be playing one of them. I much prefer Wolverhampton because. I've seen them play a couple of times this year, and they press a lot, and they run yeah. high up. I feel like that suits us perfectly, our system. So I really hope we can draw them. I feel like we'll be able to score three, four goals against them. No problem. So. Well, yeah. 
Yeah, and, I really like to draw, and it really helps the VFR stress as well. You know, yeah, they're a good side too. Like they got like, I think, you know why Roma and oh, both Wol- uh, Roma and the uh, Wolves can uh, make it through. I think that tie could be one of the best uh, ties of like the whole Europa League. Uh, they're both similar size the way they play. Uh, Wolverhampton's got a really good team for a team that just got promoted last season. Uh, Roma are playing probably the best soccer they have in a little while. And it's just going to be a really good uh, tie to look for. Yeah. yeah. Looking forward to that one. Pretty sure so, you say about that. I, I just want to get into the Europa League fixtures quickly. Uh, with Roma and Sevilla, that's definitely going to be one of the games to look forward to as a neutral fan. Both Roma and Sevilla fans are going to be very nervous to the game. Very close. Uh, like Danny said, uh, I think it'll be like a 2-1 or a 3-1 victory for uh, Roma, hopefully. I just think it's going to be one of the toughest games for Roma they have faced this season. Uh, the, lo- the loss of Smalling uh, is huge for Roma. I mean, it's smart on United's part. Well, they, don't, they don't like uh, competition, I guess. Their players, they wanted to try to take Sanchez from Inter. But Inter uh, bought him outright, so I'm pretty sure he could play now. With Smalling, it's a big loss for Roma, but I think they'll uh, be able to adapt without him. Uh, obviously, a big loss, but they, they could be on uh, without him. Uh, in, ter- in terms of Inter Getafe, just quickly getting into it, uh, Getafe um, as Inter, I, I wouldn't be too scared of them. I think they'd be they'd win very comfortably. Looking at the season, Getafe have they haven't beaten a big team once this season. Their biggest victory was against Valencia. They lost to Sofia twice, Madrid twice, Atletico twice, Barca twice. So uh, in, ter- in terms of that, I, I just don't think uh, Inter should be worried. Latado could have a shit game like he always does, and I, I'm pretty sure Inter would still win. Lukaku's been on form. Whether it's uh, Eriksson or Vecino, who, uh, whoever plays that role, I think they'll do a g- great job. And um, I think uh, Ashley Young will, will uh, have a, a quality performance. But um, Enzo, I just want to ask, how... How's uh, what are your thoughts on this whole like smalling situation? Because I know a fan asked this on Twitter. Well, yeah, I wanted to, to get you into it. it. Yeah, I'd love to read the question, send out the podcast. Um, yeah, the whole smalling situation. Uh, obviously, he's been one of our best players this whole year, for sure. In the top three, four players we had, I'd say probably third best player of the season behind um, Vinatuta and Mkhitaryan. Um, yeah, smalling is very important uh, to the way we play. I feel like, like I said before, I feel like um, he's lost for the Europa League. When it comes in terms of the Europa League, I feel like this happened two months ago. I'd be panicking. I'd be really worried. But uh, with Fonseca, the new formation, um, I feel like three at the back um, doesn't suit Smalling as well as the two at the back um, to the uh, central defenders. But um, I feel like he's started to adapt to it well um, in the last Euro game. Uh, he's playing well. So I don't know. I feel like uh, it's a big loss. I still have some kind of uh, confidence that we could get the deal done. That's obviously for Europa League, we won't have him. But um, there's been reports that Smalling's really pushing uh, United to let him go. So, um, I don't know. I'm going to be optimistic about it. I feel like we can still sign him. I just think right now we're going to focus on the Europa League. And, um, yeah. Yeah, this new system, Fonseca finding uh, Ibanez and Kolov and really getting Ibanez from Atalanta for peanuts, really nothing. And he's come to the club and become a starter and a really important player to us for the present and for the future as well. So um, I think Fonseca does give him a hand. Uh, this team was a mess and he figured it all out. He got a player from Bruno Perez who came from Brazil yeah. and he didn't even play in Brazil. And now he's starting to say, yeah, and it's amazing for us. I don't know what happened, but he's scoring a, a double. <laughs> so, yeah. 
So that's been at Seoul as someone who's almost left the club. Obviously, um, had a terrible season, and he fixed them, and he's been playing well, except for the inter game that error he made. And um, yeah, he's done well. So yeah, small loss uh, won't be felt as much as it would have uh, been maybe a month or two ago. Uh, Fonseca really did good to fill in the gap there. The only concern I have is if someone goes down, it looks like uh, five zero is going to be our first option off the bench. So that's what really worries me. Um, the fact that there is only one leg um, calms me down a little bit because we only have to look at our bench too much. So that, I'm happy about that. But um, yeah, of course, Mon's a big loss. And when he was a player who, in my opinion, I know Tavares won best defender, but in my opinion, I think Smalling uh, should have won it because look at the players that Tavares has around them. Look at Smalling has around them. Smalling had to play Mancini, who is, I consider him inexperienced. Uh, Ibanya is someone who didn't play a game for Atalanta. I think he played like 10 minutes or something. So, uh, yeah, in my opinion, Smalling is the best defender of the season. It's a big loss, but with the three at the back and basically five at the back, Spinazzola and Perez both drop back. I feel like um, his presence won't be lost as much, except for the aerial duels, because he, oh my God, I don't think he's lost a header all year. I can't remember one player that jumped over Smalling. I, I'm honest, I can't think of one moment, so. Um, it's a big loss, but I think um, for four matches, I can think we can do without him. Um, yeah, you, you spoke about Twitter questions for chat. I'm going to bring up yours, actually, that you. <laughs> uh, Conte, I like the rumors. We'll let you, want, you uh, take that one. Well, uh, obviously, I woke up one morning, and I, I, saw, I saw the headlines. I saw the articles, and I think I was doing cartwheels in my room. Um, obviously, Conte was very quick to shut those rumors down, but obviously, you're not going to admit that you're going to be leaving Inter right before the Europa League campaign. Conte is very uh, hush-hush about his business. I think uh, him wanting to win the Europa League, it's obviously you're obviously going to want to win every trophy you're a part of. If you don't, you shouldn't be a manager or a player. Um, but Conte, I think uh, the Europa League should be his goodbye present. If he wins the Europa League, uh, he could say, listen, I still got it. I brought, I brought this shit team to uh, second place in City at one point behind Juventus and uh, won the Europa League and now it's time for me to leave because I don't feel loved by the by the club they're not um on the same vision as uh I would like I would like him to be. And um I honestly think uh Allegri at Inter would be the best decision they've ever made. Uh for you for Juve. Uh they come uh Juventus to right now. They got Medosa, they got they got Conte and they got fucking Quadro Azamo and now uh possibly Allegri It'd make my dreams come true. Allegri would uh, bring Inter back to reality and have them finish fourth, fifth place again, back where they belong. Um, I, I really hope these rumors are true. I, I, I really hope so. I, I really don't think it is, though. It makes no sense for a coach to come second place, uh, one point behind the leaders who have won nine years in a row. Um, obviously, Champions League wasn't the best success, but now Conte's really seemed to have the team uh, uh, the way... Uh, he wants them to be playing in Europa League. I think uh, he'll go pretty far. I I, I do believe he'll go uh, far enough of expectations. I think he'll arise from those expectations and r- really go b- uh, above and beyond of what what's expected as him as a coach. Uh, so I don't think uh, he'd get sacked. I think there's reports because he's making a lot of money. I'm pretty sure it's 11 million a year. So if he does leave, it has to be my mutual consent because I don't think he's going to be able to afford his 11 million a year while he's sitting on the couch. And Allegri, Allegri's wages are going to be a lot too, obviously. So uh, I really hope the rumors are true, but uh, unfortunately they're not. Uh, I, I, I just don't believe they are. 
Yeah, yeah, well said. Um, yeah, I think it covered everything there, honestly. Nothing really for us to touch upon. Uh, well, there is one more thing. Oh, God. Oh. I, I want to say uh, there's been a, a little controversy today. City, I released their players. Like we, we kind of hinted at them earlier with the best defender of the Vrai. Oh, okay. In my, my opinion, MVP they gave to Dybala. I definitely think it was Juve's MVP. I would have given the award to Sapapu Gomez, Serie wise But I just think it's a popularity contest. Dybala is more popular. Juventus obviously won the league, so I think that that was a, a huge uh, huge uh, boost in the rankings for, for MVP. But uh, for me, I think it was Papu Gomez. I think it was very controversial. Even Chesney being the best goalkeeper, obviously, it was really solid for Juventus. Really saved us in, in a lot of games. It wasn't for him. I don't know where we would have been in the standings. But uh, to say that he wasn't even top two in clean sheets, I know uh, Musso was there. Uh, Musso was the top clean sheets for first city, so I do believe he could have got it. But uh, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Danny Enns? What are your thoughts on the MVP and like the city awards for this? For season? me, for me, I also got at this point. I don't even care. Uh, I looked at the top. They released a top forty list, and there was not one Napoli player there, but there was like four Verona players there, and. I'm like, you know what, I don't care. Uh, it's just honestly, it's a joke. Again, I think all these stupid awards, even our Baldi or are just opinion-based and uh, popularity. Uh, I, you can't take these seriously anymore because it doesn't show who the best player is. Uh, yes, you can argue that Dybala had a really good season for Juve, but he wasn't even a top goal scorer on Juve. He, he, like, he played really well, but you're saying he's the best player in the league. Um, even if you don't give it to Papu Gomez, which I think a lot of people wanted Papu to win, Immobile was the best striker in the league. Uh, I get you, he gave, you gave him the golden boot, uh, boot, sorry, the golden boot, and he doesn't win MVP, which for me, at this point, I don't even care. Uh, for, like, there's not even, a, like, if you look at the top 40 list, there was not one Napoli player. He, I get we had a bad season, but there were players below, uh, like t- who play on teams below Napoli who made it, and even if like you could put for example like a Fabian Ruiz who's been I think Napoli's best midfielder of the season, uh maybe you could even add Kulubali who yes he had a little downfall uh because of the injury and he was playing a little poor, but in the last few months uh I think since the January transfer window he's been one of our best players, uh probably one of the best center backs in the league in the last six months, not uh, getting back to his old form. And even if you put uh, Di Lorenzo, who had a really good start to the season, dropped off a little bit, but he's still been playing really consistent and he's been playing good. Uh, but that's just me. Uh, but people, again, again, it's a popularity contest. You, It's all voting on your favorite players and stuff. So for me, I think it's just a joke. Uh, I really, if you're Papu Gomez or any other player in the league, don't take these awards seriously. Uh, you know it's a joke when uh, Chesney wins a... Uh, the best goalie, in my opinion, I, mean, I think he's a top five goalie, but not the best goalie in the league. Uh, I would give it to uh, Juan Musso, who's been having an outstanding season for and Udinese side, who's not the best on the defensive side, and who almost finished, uh, I think they finished maybe 10 points up relegation. Uh, so I would give it to someone who actually deserves it and who's playing hard. But that's just my opinion. At the end of the day, everyone's got their own opinions, and uh, congratulations to those who won the awards this season. Yeah, um, I just want to break down the award quickly for um, the most valuable player. I feel like the definition of valuable, it's uh, their work. So what do they bring to the team? 
Well, Atalanta, what are they known for? Goals, right? They score plenty of goals. Who do you think's behind all these goals? Papu Gomez. Papu, or even you can argue Ilicic when he was yeah, he on. As well, but he's usually the one scoring. But yeah, he's behind yeah. him as well. But Papu Gomez, without him, these goals aren't going to happen. Most of them, even if he's not the one getting the assist, he's the one that gets the ball, brings it up, passes it to the guy that passes to the guy that scores. He's if he's the creator. Assist, yeah. He does everything. He wins. He, like there was against Napoli. There was a few plays that Papu Gomez was playing center back, and he was playing like in the camp position. So yeah, definitely. Just got stuff like that it goes unnoticed because it doesn't go on the the stats. Those yeah. plays like that don't go on stats, and that's why I think a lot of people look at when they judge uh, these players. Yeah, and like I said before, definition of uh, valuable is worth. What do they bring to the team? If you look at Juventus, I think Dybala, he's in my opinion, he was our best player this year. Yes, so I can agree with that, yeah. Definitely, but if you look at Juventus, valuable. If you take Dybala out, I still believe Juve, maybe, I, you know, I still think they could have won the league without Dybala, honestly. If you look at their bench, Costa, okay, they didn't have the best year, but they have 50, 60, 70, 100. They have millions on their bench if they don't have Dybala. If you take Papu Gomez out of Atalanta, the worth to their team, they're done. Yeah. Their bench, we're going to put on for Papu Gomez. N- nobody. No one. So when you look at um, a player being valuable, Papo Gomez is much more valuable to Atalanta than Paulo Dybala is to Juventus. That's the award for valuable player. So I yeah. think um, Papo Gomez is much more valuable to his team than Dybala is to his. Obviously, Dybala is a great player. Um, he's really snapped out of the, I think he had like one or two years where he's kind of like struggling mm-hmm. a little bit. But, uh, yeah, he's he dipped in form. Yeah. yeah, he's been out of form. But um, yeah, he's back in the form. He's been great. He's been creating. But I feel like once again, Atalanta, the the best scoring team we've seen out of any Serie A club in history, almost like these past yeah. two years. I haven't seen many teams, even the Milan side, the Inter side, the the treble winning team, Atalanta. They they're I've watched the treble winning side as a kid. I watched them, and they were not good offensively like Atalanta. They were, yeah, and they're more solid as a team all around. Obviously, I think Atalanta if, one up. Was I think if team. I'm if I'm not wrong, I think Napoli and Atalanta in the last, I think it was like maybe 10, 15 years, those two sides uh, had the most goals in the season. Yeah, Napoli as well. They have a good attack as well. well no, the the Napoli side, uh, I think it was a 17, the 16-17 season when yeah, they had, like I think, exactly. maybe a top five attack in the world, which Atalanta, I think, have a top five attack in the world right now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they do for sure. And, um, yeah, like, I just want to reinstate. When you look at a valuable player... I think, team, yeah. You give it to Pop. If the award was called best player in the Serie A, maybe you can give it to Dybala because he's a better player than Papu Gomez overall as an individual player. But when you look at most valuable player, it's Papu Gomez. So that's what I got to say about that award. I agree. I feel like um, yeah. it's marketing. It's all marketing. And Dybala is I think it's a joke. I think these awards are just jokes now. Uh, you can't take them seriously anymore. It's just I think it's all popularity. Like if you think about it. Yeah, I feel like it's all marketing. Dybala is a young, kind of like 26, but he's in his prime, but still, it's no, not old. 26, not old. But he's well-known. Yeah, more, he's well-known. He's a young player. He's let me rephrase that. He's more known than, uh, say, a Papu Gomez. Yeah. Who, I don't think a lot of people outside, maybe Argentina, they know him. Uh, Italy as well, they may not know him as, like, like a player like Dybala. Yeah, he's an Adidas model. He plays with Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, he, he has his own song, uh, Papu. 
yeah, Papa's own song, but yeah, just uh, it's it's marketing's popularity and said yeah. yeah. Uh, even last year, um, I disagreed with the who should have won. Uh, I don't think we're yeah. going to win last year at all. I forgot who I said should have won last year. I actually can't remember. I think last uh, year. We said Zapata, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, Zapata. I'm pretty sure it was Zapata yeah, we were arguing. Yeah. yeah, I feel like uh, Zapata should have won last year as well. Because when you look at valuable, you need to look at a player's value to a team. Or did yeah. we say Quagliella? Because he, uh, he, wasn't he a top goal scorer last year? He was a top goal scorer. He could have won, but I just feel like Zapata, just where Atalanta was the season before that and last year, Zapata, he was amazing. He brought them there. He was so good last year. This year he dropped off a bit, but he was still good. And, um, yeah, I just feel like Papu, when you look at value to a team, it's Papu Gomez. So, well, to be fair, uh, Papu won uh, best midfielder. Yeah. Uh, I just saw it now. So, he did, at right. least he got something. But best yeah. overall, I don't think Dybala, maybe. And in soccer, it's, uh, the more it's popular different. players are always the attackers. Nobody really, like, midfielders and defenders don't really get the respect they really deserve as a whole. So, um, yeah, they're, they're always going to pick an attacker for best player. Let's be honest. The defender's never going to win it. Instead, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, nothing really much more to touch on. Almost going into about an hour here, almost. Really good podcast. Uh, first 20 minutes, we talked about, obviously, what we thought about the season as a whole. And we got into some uh, Europa League stuff and Allegri, Conte. And for chat, I thought you were going to talk about uh, our tour. That's why I said, oh, God, before, but. Thank God you did. <laughs> no, Arthur, I'll I'll dive into when we talk oh, about the Champions League. I think he's a bigger piece for Champions League talk than uh, right now. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, we're working on getting a guest for uh, the Juventus uh, and uh, Lyon podcast and Barca Napoli one. We're gonna work things out. Might have two separate ones. Might have uh, one big one, or maybe record two separate interviews and put them into one podcast. We'll see. We'll do, we'll talk about that. But yeah, expect that one to be out around Thursday. And, uh, yeah, I hope you guys really enjoyed. Uh, please go follow us on social media at six at on both Instagram and Twitter. Um, yeah, guys, thank you for listening and, uh, we'll see you guys next time. Ciao. Ciao, ragazzi. Ciao.